Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, welcome everyone to the distraction here on Fightful.com. I am Jeremy Lambert, joined, as always, by the Chubby Chief, Joseph Holbert. Joseph, how are you? You seem to consider my nickname there for a moment. There was a pause, a momentary sort of caution. I legitimately, I had one in my head before we started, and it just, it escaped me. And so I was like, let me just go with what's on the screen. Okay. Well, I'm very nervous about this show, Jeremy. And it's not because it's live, because we're veterans now. We know live. Yes. But I'm concerned about your brand into this program. I'm concerned about the way you've the way you've promoted it with certain topics that we're apparently going to talk about today. The thumbnail is very alarming, <laughs> very very alarming. For me. Layers hashtag layers on the thumbnail. Indeed. Um, so I'm nervous. I'm anxious, but I will willingly march forward for now. That's what I'm going to say for now. Guys, we appreciate everybody joining us today here on YouTube.com/slash Fightful. Hit subscribe. Leave a thumbs up. Tap the bell for notifications. Subscribe to Fightful Select. Always dropping news there. Five bucks a month gets you a bunch of news. Gets you uh, features. It's extra extra podcasts with Alex Pulowski and Steven Jensen on the Weekender. Um, it gets you a bunch of stuff. Soon, it'll get you our retro reviews. I think we're on the $5 tier. We might actually be big enough stars where we're on the $10 tier. So you might have to go $10 to pay for our retro reviews. Sources say that we will have our own tier of $50. <laughs> that's what I've heard. I could be wrong. It's going to be like the network's tiered system that's coming in a couple of years' time. And we are like their equivalent like Progress Wrestling, I think. I wait, wait we're Progress? No, no. We're bigger yeah. We're bigger stars there. than just okay, dumping but... random indie events on the weekends. <laughs> Do you remember when the idea was that like there was this rumor Triple H was like, don't worry, Brody, we're going to get New Japan for you. You can buy it just so you can work there, okay? We're that. We're that possibility. Sean has finally acquired New Japan Pro Wrestling, folks. Here we are. That's the landscape uh, shifting announcement. That's it. That was it. They was going to announce it. They was like, is it worth running a Fightful Select dad on AEW Dynamite? And Tony, just the last minute, he put a halt to it. Disgraceful. <laughs> 
leave a super chat in the chat if you're on YouTube. Uh, get your question, comment, statement read on air. That is the best way to support us and this show and everything we do. We really appreciate that. A lot to talk about today, mainly basketball. I don't want to talk about wrestling. We're talking about basketball today. Before we get into any of that, we're going to switch the format up. Usually we save our retro match review for the end of the show. But Joseph, we, we reviewed a reverse battle royal for this show. So we're going to do a reverse format and do the retro match review first. You're very, very proud of this, aren't you? This bit is very near and dear to your heart. I'm think. proud we of are. legitimately every bit that I come up with. Fair. You got, I mean, at this point, you're the man who, who came up with the Sting deal on podcasting format. So, you need, it's a, you know. It's the highest beyond. rated podcast in Fightful history, I'm pretty sure. In episodic podcast history. <laughs> anyway, this match sucked. <laughs> it really did. And I did want to get this out of the way because I mentioned this to you via text. From my research, this is not the first reverse battle royal. Yes. I believe Abyss won the first one in 2006, but this is the famous one, I feel, because it was on Bound for Glory, which for anyone that doesn't know is in fact uh, TNA or now Impact Wrestling's like WrestleMania. Yes. Basically. Right? Um, I will quickly try to explain this format, Jeremy, and then I'll pass it all to you, and you can, you know, make of it what you will. So, everyone is outside the ring, and then it's a race to get inside the ring. Reverse Correct. Battle Royal. Correct. Right? Then when eight people get in the ring, they do a Battle Royal match until two people are left, and then they do an up, like a one-on-one wrestling match. Correct. What are they fighting for, you ask? Oh, very simple. The eight guys get in the ring are then battling for seeding in a tournament. So in this case, I'm going to spoil the finish, sorry guys. Eric Young wins the tournament. James Storm is out first. So then your 1-8 seed is Eric Young and... I'm sure James Storm was like, oh, what a devastating blow to be the 8 seed here. (laughs) This is like just insanity for the sake of it, isn't it? It's chaos. This is... And they explain these rules 500 times during this match. I'm not sure they say anything regarding the match outside of the rules. Like, maybe they call a spot or two. They're like, oh, Flux Capacitor, that looked cool. Oh, that uh, Rikishi's ass, that looked cool. Otherwise, it's just them explaining the rules the entire time. The seating is very important, Joseph. They're, they start freaking out because Alex Shelley... <laughs> you know, let's tell the story. You're like, how can I watch this show without signing up for Impact Plus? By the way, everybody sign up for Impact Plus. And I was like, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I just gotta, you gotta find it. I have an Impact Plus subscription, Joseph, like a professional. And you're like, I have the DVD of this show. I don't know why, but this, I mean, there's some good stuff on here, right? You've got the, uh, what's on here? Samoa Joe and Christian Cage was good, I believe. From what I remember, I don't know. Who cares? Right, here he is, folks. This was the program in which Kurt Angle like lost his mind and started like stalking Sting and stuff. Very that th- that was the program Kurt Angle lost his mind. Yeah, that was. Yeah. <laughs> was it talking about Bibles? Yes, and this was also the match where the spot was like Kurt swings the baseball bat, Sting catches it and fires up, and he just goes straight through Sting's hands and hits him directly in the face. Do you remember? <laughs> yes, I remember he that hits spot. him square in the face with a baseball bat. But none of that. It's a fine show, I'm sure. AEW superstar up. Sting. In this yes, match. Stang. Um, <laughs> which of these names, as they made their way out to that generic rock music kind of, <laughs> when there was just announced, Penzer was doing the board voice announcing them, which of these names excited you most to see them in this setting? Genuinely, I have interest. Um, Rikishi. 
honestly, it was yeah. Rikishi. And he got in the ring first, right? Because they were just like, let him go. Because you've got to get over the top rope to get into the ring. And yeah. that that was most difficult for Rikishi. I mean, you say that, but some of these guys turned into like a real challenge, didn't they? <laughs> this... I mean, go ahead. The concept itself is just absolutely absurd of get into the ring. You have guys just like literally Lance Hoyt is just out there like chilling on the outside. James Storm is like in the corner hiding, hiding from getting in the ring. What? His game plan is horrific. <laughs> like he waits until he's seven in and then he's like, now it's my time. Yeah. Like, okay, sure. Then, whatever. Um, you mentioned Lance Hoyt. Obviously now the, uh, what's the name? The murder, the murder Hulk Hulk. monster. Yes. Yeah. Um, it is incredible to see him here, isn't it? Cause he is for all of his sort of size and athleticism, he is effectively one half of like a job guy tag team, which is very strange in hindsight. But here he is. Um, okay, as you said, so they, they're brawling, and the choice is effectively simple. Until it's your turn to either get in or the match is over for you, you are going to look like an idiot regardless. You either can look like an idiot on the floor, where you're literally looking for people to fight with rather than get in the ring, or you can do the more risky play of getting on the apron and praying that someone is going to cut you off in time. <laughs> Because what happens over and over is, including the flux capacitor spot that you mentioned with Kaz and uh, Rude, guys decide they have to like climb the top rope to get in. Was that yes. the rule? Yeah. Or like, what was the what was the idea here? They could have just got over, right? Right. Lance Hoyt enters that way. You know, you just kind of propel yourself over, just yeah. jump over. But no, everyone else felt they need to go to the top rope to jump in to get into the ring, and I have no <laughs> idea why. They were doing like the ladder match spot where like you take you know the slow climb. They were doing that up the up the turnbuckle. It was yeah, incredible, incredible <laughs> I um, wanted you know what spot they should have done. Uh, they they like, kind of did it, but Lance Hoyt has Eric Young uh, with the Gorilla Press yeah. Slam and Eric Young fall. They should have done that, but on the outside where Hoyt Gorilla pressed someone like into, over the yeah. T- yeah into the ring. I mean that was an incredible spot though in itself because the the idea was that Eric is such a like sort of bumbling fool that he fell into the ring right? yes. like he got lucky and Don Westcott was what a reversal from Eric Young he's in the match <laughs> <laughs> just completely misunderstood it there you go um, you mentioned that moment there's a point where Lance and Sanjay are literally walking past each other looking for people to fight yes. with so it's I mean it's a mess um, but unfortunately as we've spoken about off air is like it's underwhelming for comedic value, isn't it? Like, it ends very quickly, the Battle Royal portion. The, you know, the reverse Battle Royal portion. <laughs> you have the bit where Storm beats Harrison, in, and it's like, oh, that was it? Like, it's not as offensively bad as I hoped it would be. It's just sort of dumb. Yeah. Very dumb. But and, not like, oh my god, this is hilarious, you know? And then the actual Battle Royal isn't bad. Like, there's some cohesion there. There's some nice spots and stuff. My biggest takeaway from all of this is, like, outside of Rikishi... All these guys are still active, and some of them are still in like prominent spots. Yes, um, it is also interesting to track this audience's reaction to it all, right? Because they have great fun with this match. Yes, the only guy they're like not sure about is Rikishi because, for obvious reasons, like it's the most cliche "what are we doing" signing these guys deal. But this is definitely still a time where the TNA audience was like, this is the real wrestling promotion. You could They, they have excitement about this awful stuff. I mean, it's fun. <laughs> um, it's fun for me seeing something. I mean, the Morrissey machine guns at this time are, like, on a different level, right? Like, this... I know that a million people have said this, but they really did set, like, the... Um, 
they set the, the, the blueprint almost, right? Sorry, Matt Morgan, the, the blueprint. <laughs> and, you know, the young bucks kind of have taken it and everyone does their thing since. But their tandem offense at that time was spectacular. It is here, right? Yeah, even in this reverse battle royal, they do like a, a death lock and then octopus spot like, together, yes. which which looks really good. Yeah. Um, Rikishi does stuff and then... Him and Eric Young like do a comedy spot where Eric Young like slaps his ass and Don West um, he chuckles and he says, "It looks like his ass is fun to play with." And Mike <laughs> Tanay explodes as he cannot fathom the ridiculousness of this statement as he watches a reverse battle royal. He has now hit breaking point because Don West suggested that Rikishi's ass was fun to play with, and that's he never rec- recovers from that. And then the match just keeps going. They do the big man elimination on Rikishi, right? Do you think yeah, do you think Eric Young got advice from Billy Gunn on how to play with asses before this spot with Rikishi? Because Billy Gunn is in this match. From what I could gather, Eric did not like to push them or, or prod them. He just sort of liked to sort of <laughs> like to slap well, them a little, like to slap yeah. the cheeks. <laughs> yeah, exactly, Don. Um, Billy Gunn, by the way, looks exactly the same. That's not changed. Yeah, no. um, Billy Gunn has not aged in fourteen years, thirteen years, yes. whatever this and, is. And that is amazing because at this time, I'd imagine Austin was legitimately like eight years of age. So <laughs> there you go, folks. Um, and then you know it comes down to Shelley, Young, and Rude. The people seemingly want Shelley to win because they know that the Motor City Machine Guns are awesome. No fun to be had there. Uh, it, then it just gets to Ewan and Rude. They have a match. Young rolls him up and secures the one seed eruption in the building big, this. yeah yes big victory <laughs> to get the one seed well i mean i agree with your point your central point of this match like AEW battle royals are not as cohesive as this match no this was well agented the actual battle royal yeah the issue was all of the filth that came before <laughs> it you know it, is, it, it was honestly like if i was watching the show for the first time i wouldn't have been like oh my god this is the worst pet ever because of that match it's fine really right in the grand scheme of things Here's here's why this match is actually revolutionary and people should copy it and bring it back. All right? Because Battle Royals, the issue with them is you imagine if this match started with just 16 men in the ring. We'd probably be like, oh, this, this kind of sucks. At least the first half of it as guys do their usual, eh, let's toss them over the top, you know, hold on kind of spot. Guys just getting tossed us and right. Once you get down to eight men, it's a great it's a great Battle Royal. So it should be start out the ring first off, and then just get the guys you need in the ring, in the ring, and then do the Battle Royal instead of having all the dead stuff to start with. I mean, if we didn't have to watch the first part, then yeah, we still have to watch the first part. So, sure, I mean, it's fine with me. I mean, if you, here's the thing that's interesting at this time. As this match ends, and then we do a hard cut to Pac-Man Jones, <laughs> who is being announced, he, he's had this incredible impact on TNA, and then, you know, our truth, Ron Killings is like, not wrestling tonight, cannot wrestle. So there's that. And I'm, I'm sitting there watching this, and it brought me back to, I think it was Bischoff, that around a month or so ago was like, at TNA's best, it was better than AEW. And like, I think both of us are pretty fond of TNA. Like, you know, the, the sort of glory days of TNA. Like, I'm not sure that's true, man. Like, even at TNA's best, it had absolute insanity like this taking place. When was TNA's best? Yeah, I was going to say, when was TNA's best? With, like, when the X Division was just firing with the AJ, Joe, Daniel stuff? Mm. Was that probably the best? then on top, you have... Like, yeah, on top yeah, is all the Jared right? stuff, and that's the issue. <laughs> I don't know. Like, to me, I'm not sure they ever produced a product 
that was like I mean AEW has a lot of flaws but it's generally sort of there's there's an audience for most of it there is some stuff on some of these TNA shows that is just like mind-numbingly bad and I say that as someone who likes it it just eats I don't know what's our uh, match for next week Joseph good match good match alert we're doing a good match next (laughs) week oh that's lame we head to Clash of Champions 17 November 19th 1991 you know I'm always date the date's always a big thing for me Jeremy you know that that's next week we are doing Arn Anderson and the Cruncher the best nickname in history wrestling Larry Zabisco (laughs) as they take on the team Dustin Rhodes and I would say a mystery opponent but like you're watching it on the network so it'll tell you Ricky the Dragon Steamboat (laughs) it's a classic match it's not long and um, you know all the people that said FTR are the best tag team in history of Earth can watch that and enjoy it, I guess, and see where it all came from. <laughs> Does Dustin Rhodes do a code red in this match? Um, probably not. No, but it is. I did have him in mind when I picked it because he looked absurd on Dynamite. He legitimately looked like a twenty-five-year-old man. It was terrifying. His arms—he looked <laughs> shredded, right? I've never looked like the Dustin Rhodes does at fifty. It's incredible. So. He's in there. Uh, Arn doesn't look so good, God bless him, but they're all in there. They'll be having fun next week. That's the match. All right. That's the match for next week. Let's get into what's currently going on in wrestling, which is really just basketball. Let's talk about the Russell Westbrook trade. Okay. <laughs> now we're going to leave that. We'll leave all the basketball talk to the end. Let's okay. talk about uh, Pack coming back. That was the, the big landscape-shifting announcement thingamajig that Tony Khan hyped up. He's back. He's coming to kill Eddie Kingston. I know you're excited about this, Joseph. You you love the pack. You love Eddie Kingston. Uh, do you like... I just assume you like all the British... Actually, you hate all the British people. Like, you, you're against every one of them. So I don't know why I assume that. Yes. Uh, I'm going to pull back the curtain here. Our good friend, the original Def Dealer, he sent us a show suggestion in which we like... We'll probably do it at some point as a special, I feel, but... He he was like, you know, you pick a wrestler from every state, and then you pick, like, two from England, or two from Britain, two from Japan, like, build a fantasy roster, right? Yeah. And, like, I'm legitimately looking at this, <laughs> sitting here in England, like, jeez, man, who are those Englishmen going to be? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, you're not riddling. Who are, not riddle. Jesus, not riddle. Regal. Good Lord. Definitely not riddle. Um, Regal can go in, and then I'm sort of looking around at the scene, trying to get through allegations. So, anyway, back to this. <laughs> um... I could put my notes down and my TNA pay-per-view DVD down. Uh, I am excited for it. I mean, I don't think it shifts the balance of the world, as was suggested by a friend. Not Tony. the world, just just wrestling. Earth. Just wrestling. I believe, he, I believe the exact words were, "The world will never be the same again." If it was the exact <laughs> words from what I got. That was the promo for Glacier, not for the return of yes. Pac. Yeah. It's how much can one man whine about? Pack versus Pentagon or Pack versus Eddie for Eddie Kingston. Like, really? Are we really going to whine about this? Like, it's it's good stuff. In the AEW world, look, the whole thing's dumb, okay, Jerry? Because in the AEW world, he is a big deal. So if you're one of the people that was like, LOL, 205 Live, you're a clown, you're being a bit unfair. But on the other hand, if you're telling me that you fell down out of your chair, hit your head on the wall, because Pack, who cut a promo last week, is back. <laughs> I mean, I don't believe either of you. Right, like it's in the middle. The truth is in the middle. It's cool to see him back. He's an awesome wrestler. Whoever great program with Kingston. Like, what else is there to say? I kind of was amazed the takes people got out of this. Aren't you? It's well, the, the takes people got out of it is because Tony Khan is a wrestling promoter, and he just went full hyperbole 
on this. If Tony Khan just does, you know, like, we got a great show, we got a nice surprise at the end, you know, make sure you watch the whole thing, it'd be great. What, by the way, why is he, like, going out in front of the live crowd and being like, hey, guys, make sure you stick around to the end of this show. You just don't want to miss this. Like, is the live crowd just going to, like, leave in the middle of the main event? Like, nah, I'm out in the middle of this Pentagon and uh, Phoenix match. I'm tired of watching these two guys have a great match. I'm leaving. But then Tony Khan has said, oh, I got to stick around, though. Can't miss. Can't miss what's actually going to happen. Like, what, what, what is he doing here with this? It is awesome because we're in the middle of a pandemic and it's like raining. Yeah. It's November. <laughs> these people are sitting there and he's like, listen, don't go home after that Red Velvet <laughs> match, okay? <laughs> We've got a big one for you. The thing is, like, when it was Eddie, it was obviously going to be packed. Yes. Like, who was still expecting like Bill Goldberg to walk out when it was Eddie <laughs> Kingston in it? The only question was, is it going to be Pac like assassinating Eddie and reclaiming his, his uh, what they call the death triangle? Yeah. Or what we got, which was kind of interesting, right, where Eddie fully took a side. He's always said Pennell was his best friend. Like, I get the thing. The thing with Eddie is, is like, I understand because he's probably, he's one of their best heels. So really, he only needs to come out and just be like, don't chant my name, I know it. And it's like, okay, fine, he's done it. So... The match will be awesome, though, I feel. So I'm excited about it. We got a super chat from Jarber JJ. says, here to support the stars. That's us. I was watching both WWE and TNA overall product. I was more into TNA despite the nonsense. Always remember Joe's random girlfriend. You had a random girlfriend, Joseph? Well, on Spike TV. Yeah. That was an interesting time. Wait, was that a, is he talking about the interviewer that he would be, like, friendly with? I don't oh, know. No. I thought he was talking about you. No. Oh. I think he's talking about the lady that Scott Steiner would be mean to. Oh. I don't know. I thought you had a random girlfriend on Spike TV. No, I don't think so. Russo never gave me that angle. (laughs) Um, I I actually, I understand. When I say that about TNA, I'm not trying to discount what they did because I think a lot of people agree they were the more fun show to watch. I'm just saying, like, better is a hard term for me to sort of get on board with, right? Like, you enjoyed it more. I get that because they had, like, star power. And it wasn't just guys that were mad. You had Sting and Kurt Angle as a main event. Like, it's a wild time. But there was a lot of uh, Pac-Man Jones and stuff. So, these ways. Pac-Man Jones is, like, actually good, though, from what I've been told. Well, I mean, that, if better was subjective, then actually good Pac-Man Jones <laughs> is probably one of the most subjective things you'll ever say. So, that's fine. Um, the AEW was very interesting this week, Jeremy, because as I quoted in my report card that you can read at my website, that's name I forget, and wrestling with takes? Wrestling with takes, yes. Yeah. It was effectively the full gear bonus tracks, wasn't it? It was the guys who didn't get the full gear spotlight, but had angles going on in the background. And, you know, the bunkhouse match easily could have been on a pay-per-view if it wasn't already three and a half hours long. <laughs> the same same deal for... Um, what was Scorpio the other and Spears. On? Yeah, Scorpio and Spears. And the main event, of course, it's kind of an angle. I mean, they'd been doing it, but like they, they ramped it up pretty quickly, didn't they, last night? Yeah. So... It was one of those shows where if somehow you still doubt their depth, I mean, that one kind of proved you wrong, right? There's a lot of talent they have there. The question is, will always be, are they using it correctly? I think for the most part, they're doing a pretty good job. I think they need to be careful at times with the, like, post-pay-per-view, we now reset everything and are a new promotion. Like, I don't know if you need to do that. You know when Cody came out and he was, like, um, you know, talking about MJF and he did the deal, which we're not going to get into. And all that stuff, it's like, it almost feels like it's a new show now. And I think they want that to be the case. 
But I just think you have to be careful. You know, you need to make these pay-per-views feel like they have consequences that last for a long time. That's one thing I would say. Minor guys, you can get your super chat in, get your question, comment, statement read on the air. As far as the the post show, it definitely you're right that it was like bonus tracks because like they had highlight videos for full gear and everything. Moxley and Hangman or not Hangman, um, Omega cut promos, and then Cody had his promo. But otherwise, like you didn't have much like from full gear of of those guys actually being on the show. Like you had some promos from guys, but it didn't feel like anything of what the fallout from full gear i guess is what i'm trying to say there it did feel like hey everything that we just couldn't fit on full gear we're just gonna put on this dynamite it was a good show now you know how is that stuff gonna fit in because you still got to do all this cody stuff you still got to do this omega stuff and bucks and everything i don't know what the bucks are doing next now you've got to keep just fitting these pieces in there on on week to week this is a problem we've talked about many times they have so much talent and only have two hours of television to where just things just aren't going to make the television product. Yeah, it actually reminded me of... Remember way back when, in the uh, the days where people liked NXT, where they would do a takeover, and they would tape like matches before, and then the following TV would be video packages and their matches. Yeah. It wasn't that, but like there was an element of that with the video packages, right? It was like it had been taped before, and they were trying to protect their own their own results. So it's just interesting to me. I, I, I love the show, so I have no complaints, but... Um, your point is definitely correct. I think we're seeing, and this sounds like an absolutely, you know, a ridiculous thing to say after what we just said, but I do think there's an element of, like, Tony's, you know, Tony and the powers that be, all, all hundred of the executive vice presidents, they do seem increasingly, like, borderline ruthless with the TV time, though. And what I mean by that is, as much as it's frustrating when the women's division gets cut and stuff, like, they have now shown, like, a willingness to just be like, yeah, we're going to do a one-minute match. They didn't last night because it was a good match. But when you look at Miro, like, they're not just giving Miro TV time, right? Yeah. Like, they're just like, it's, they don't seem like they're into it to me. They seem to view it as a low, like a low on the card, similar to what, um, you know, the Butcher and Blade stuff was. Like, it's just happening. And they're not going to force that. I mean, Eddie Kingston, since he's got there, has legitimately cut a promo on, like, every TV. Like, would that happen if they were trying to share it around? Probably not. I think it's a good sign that when they did this show, they did it with guys that belonged here, you know? I mean, by the way, I did mention it. Pleasant surprise, that, that female match, right? Uh, Tay Conti and um, Red Velvet. Like, I was alarmed by that matchup on paper, cause that, and that's ignorance on my part, I apologise, but they had a genuinely good match, and it got some decent time. So that was good stuff. That was a good sign. It was, and maybe they actually do something with the women's division moving forward it's like Kurt White. <laughs> was Sheeta on the show at all did they even show like a Sheeta no. Nyla video package they did the big angle with Nyla and Vicky I get the well, they did an angle I don't know if I call it big they did the angle with Nyla and Vicky and then just no mention of them at all this it was a good match but again just just give me something to sink my teeth into with, with this women's division Brit, dude. I don't know what yeah the- well, she's the DDT metal heavyweight champion now, or whatever. They're a little gimmick. Well, okay. Um, <laughs> I would. Here's what I would shoot for. A December Dynamite should be main evented by Britt and Sheeta. And you should do... December Dynamite. 2nd. I think you do that on December 2nd. No, I've seen not that one. <laughs> um, they've never main evented Dynamite. If there's a match I trust to do it, it would be Britt and Sheeta. They had a really good match in the... Uh, you know those very odd pandemic yeah, the shows? Early, yeah, where Britt yeah. got her face busted. 
Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. So I, that's the one I would go for. The only issue would be if, if Kenny's winning it at Dynamite, then that would kind of like take the shine away a little bit, right? But Sheeta's great. I just... It seems clear to me that they don't know what to do with her as champ. It's actually... I mean, you know, in fear of being like overly, you know, categorizing folks, it's very similar to how Asuka feels on Raw, right? It is. Like, it's that deal of like, they know that she's great. They have nothing to do with her, though. As a all they, all they gotta do is show video game footage of Asuka beating up Randy Orton and everything will be fine. Yes. And it's... It's this weird deal where it's like, with both of them, it seems so obvious to me that you just have them as, like, the ace. But in their mind, it's like, well, why would we do that when we could do this angle with, with Anna Jay? <laughs> it's like, why would we do that when we could do the Lana Table stuff? I don't know. Like, I don't know what the deal is. But it is interesting to me, the parallels there with just the absolute, just non-effort in featuring their women's champs. It's weird. Uh, we got a super chat from Taxel who says, Nothing gets me to forget wrestling is a work quicker than mask removing. Eddie is coming across as a great heel. Excited to see where this goes. Yeah, what do you think of the mask removal in Phoenix and Pentagon? Whenever they do the deal, you know, I'm not a big um, lucha guy. Whenever they do the deal where the mask is, like, still on, but shouldn't be, it reminds me of uh, Eddie and Ray from Havoc. Yeah. Years, but it's just what I think of. <laughs> and that's what I always will go to, especially with Phoenix, right? So, I mean, I just... I can't compliment Tony Schiavone enough for, like, hitting the gear necessary to do that stuff with Eddie. Because... Someone needed to do it, right? I mean, Kingston's going to be there regardless. You've got to match him in some way. And Tony seemed genuinely devastated at what he was watching. It was awesome stuff. I loved that match. I mean, their first match was great in the sense that they did the deal where it was like, it was an athletic showcase that became heated because, you know, brother versus brother. This was like Penta had been sent out there to kill him, right? It was it was brutal. So I loved it. And Eddie on commentary with Tony just like nailed that. So I agree with the point that for all of my my whining, Eddie's just a really good heel. So like, if that's what you want to do, sure, I'm I'm in with that too. Do you have anything else on Eddie and Pack? This is your this is your bit. I don't care about it. Wow, wow. I don't care that about wrestling. Just... I'm here for the basketball talk. Okay, it's fine. Um, I am just intrigued as to what the match looks like. I'm interested how it's how it comes out. I think it could be very very fun. So I, I look forward to it. That's all of my optimistic wrestling talk this week, Jeremy. I apologize. Uh, let's get into the other big happening on AEW Dynamite. Shaq. Shaq is coming to AEW. He hinted at this. He re-signed with Turner in like August. And in the big press release, it's like Shaq's going to do all this stuff. And it said AEW. And he mentioned that he wanted to face Cody. And now it looks like it's coming. The way they set this up was... They didn't set this up. Cody just got interrupted by uh, Jade Cargill, who was like, you've awoken a sleeping giant. And then she said, the sleeping giant is Shaq. And I guess we're getting Cody and Shaq. Hmm. (laughs) This isn't really for us. I know you're going to say it is because basketball, yay, Joe. But like, seriously, it's a publicity play. It will do some awesome like Twitter memes as Shaq gets in there and like... (laughs) does whatever he's gonna do it'll be funny do i care about it in any way shape or form absolutely not it how does dare you i'm sorry man i just fight like and it isn't an AEW thing it isn't you if you watch this show you probably know i just don't care about these things generally so do i have any faith in shaq putting effort into this i could not have less i could not have less faith in him doing that but i'm sure he'll have fun so who who is the baby face and who is the heel in this hang on a second <laughs> 
what year is it, Jeremy Lambert? We're not allowed baby faces and heels. Oh, true. Shades of grey. Okay, who is the darker shade of grey and who is the lighter shade of grey? Well, I mean, it's pretty close. <laughs> I would say that Shaq is leaning towards the antagonist side. I would say he's darker in this case because it did appear that our friend Jade Cargill was the villain here. I would never say heel in 2020 because that would make me terribly outdated. But I would say she was she was almost a villain. So I would say Shaq is going to come in as a monster heel and he's definitely not losing. So I assume it will be a mixed tag and Jade will lose to Brandy. <laughs> so, good luck. Or Jade will beat Brandy, probably, right? Is that what we do? I don't know, Jeremy. You do. <laughs> I don't know. What do you want from me? Brandy, Brandy ain't losing, pal. Sorry. Ain't happening. She's got much more chance of losing than Shaq has or Cody has. What are you talking about? Shaq, Shaq has no problem doing the job. Did you see his last years in the Celtics? He doesn't care. Listen, man. Shaq got upset that Dwight won a ring as like the eighth most important guy. <laughs> he like just got enraged about it. He's 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 not coming to a professional wrestling match and losing to a man with a funny neck tattoo. No way, no how. Not happening anytime soon. Do you think Cody will put over Shaq? And then they can build towards the big Shaq and Jericho match. By the way, you've got to respect me sitting here and being like, you know, for all of its flaws, AEW is <laughs> a competent promotion. They would never do something as silly as the stuff TNA does. Cut to us discussing Shaq and Jade Cargill versus Brandy and Cody. There it is, folks. There it is. I'm sorry, Vince. Russo, that is. Um, it'll be fun. It'll get some... I mean, I just hope it isn't as, as embarrassing as the Tyson promo, which was like... That went, like, viral from how embarrassing it was. Don't do that. Please, Shaq. Try not to make a fool of him to that degree. But he may. He's probably going to be. He's going to. <laughs> He's going He's to. Do you think... Where... Go ahead. Do you think we get a Cody appearance on Inside the NBA? He just comes in, like, crashes the set. Barkley's like, who the hell is this guy? And Ernie's trying to keep it together and everything. Yes, that would be awesome. <laughs> I, I can't stress to you how much more I'd be into this if it was Barkley. It would just be so much funnier to me. Like, the idea of it is fun. Because the thing with Shaq is, like, he's such a brand. Like, he did the deal with uh, Mania, right? He was in the Battle Royal that time. Like, I feel like I know what he's going to do, but like, imagine Charles just trying to be a professional wrestler at this point in his life. Like, what a fault that is. I'd rather that. So, can we do that instead, Jeremy? Any chance? No. Barkley Barkley will make a fool out of himself. He, he will do it in a respectful way on a golf course, not in a wrestling ring. Respectful is a strong word for what he does in the golf course, but yeah, you're right. I don't know. I mean, does anyone? Here's my actual question, okay? And this is not a criticism because it will do those like weird Facebook, oh my god, Shaq. But of the 700,000 people that watch AW Dynamite, what percentage of them gives a like a single shit about Shaq? <laughs> Honestly, I'm asking. Because uh, they're in the bubble, like I am, right? Yeah, I think it's a lot in the bubble. I don't think anyone really but you know it's not it's not for those people exactly right yeah. yeah this is like this is the argument with wwe is like oh why is wwe bringing in pat mcafee who's awesome but it's like it's hang not on, hang on hang on hang on one second <laughs> i know you're a big pat mcafee he's not shack like shack is like actually famous right let's be fair pat mcafee has his own show he so was in we, the nfl we, <laughs> <laughs> we weren't in the nfl but we were on fivefull.com i mean Look, I haven't got an issue with Pat, but what I'm saying is, at least in this particular case, there's two people that generally dislike this stuff. He is like actually famous, right? Like yes. you could just say Shaq, and everyone's like, "Oh, Shaq." 
The question is, how much of an impact it makes, I have no clue. But I guess any kind of name sort of value you can get, you do it, right? I don't think it makes uh, any impact. It's going to be, I mean, maybe people tune in. <laughs> maybe people tune in out of like curiosity and then they're like oh it's still professional wrestling at the end of the day like we saw Shaq ha 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 it was fun you know we did this thing Why, what's that thing on Cody's neck who's this guy never heard of him and then they're they're never watching again that's how it typically works if they really want viewers they'll they'll uh, book this Ricky Starks match against us that we've been building for, for months now but they're cowards and they won't actually do that against you I, I'm I'm with, I'm pro Ricky Starks. I'm in Ricky Starks' corner for that match. Brian Cage is in your corner. Oh my! Leave that on there, Pedro. Let's leave that. Let's move on. Ricky Starks threatened murder on Dynamite last night. Did you see that, Jeremy? I he was talking I about see, putting people in the grave. I see everything Ricky Starks does. People tweet me about Ricky Starks. What he does, I was like, I don't, I don't care. He's, he's tweeting me. He's, he's always we we were talking about Knucklehead. And Ricky's like, what's going on? What are you doing? I was like, I'm watching Big Show shit himself, Ricky, because I'm a professional. You want to watch Big Show? I understand you got all this money and you don't, you can't afford socks, but I'm over here for, for the working man watching Big Show shit himself. Why don't you do that, Ricky, instead of talking about killing people? That's fair. You know what? You've won me over. <laughs> I may be on your side after all. I'm not sure. This is, it's a heated conflict. It's too heated for AW Dynamite. Though. You need to get a new promotion for this thing. <laughs> This needs to be at the power podium in the uh, Corgan land. It needs to be. <laughs> there you go. Anything else on Dynamite, Jeremy? Uh, I don't think so. Do you have anything? Dynamite. Hmm. Kenny Omega got a good promo. Did if I wanted he... to dwell on that, I would speak more about it, but I don't, so I'm just going to leave it there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Justin Lopez says, I don't think it'll be a singles, though. I think it'll be some type of mixed tag after the events of last night. Yeah, that's what Joseph said. It's going to be a Cody and Brandy against uh, Jade and Shaq. Listen, brother, if you want to protect Shaq, you got to put him in there with two experienced hands. <laughs> you got to have two strong female workers that can carry the load, brother. Brandy's the best worker in that match. I don't know what you're talking about. She's good at, she, in some ways, yeah, she's a very good worker. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what's going on with that whole deal, but Cody... That segment sucked, okay? That's, that's what I'd say. It was, it was what it was. But Shaq's coming. That's fun. Yay, Shaq. <laughs> anything from WWE you want to talk about? Does anything happen in that promotion? It's because the way... What is it? Okay, Jeremy. I don't watch NXT before the podcast, so I literally can't talk about it. I have no <laughs> idea what happened, okay? No one talks about it on my timeline. They're all blocked. They're all muted. I don't know. But by the time we do this podcast, SmackDown could have been the best show ever, and I do not remember it. And Raw is never a good show. And when it's good, like, I think the Randy Orton stuff is actually good. But it isn't like, oh, my God, we need to tackle the Randy Orton, Drew McIntyre stuff. <laughs> like, we've done it. It's finished. So I guess the one thing is, like, Randy's keeping his belt, right? And it'll be a no finish because they've told us a million times not to expect finishes in these matches, right? I think they might switch it. They love to do this switch before Survivor Series. But why even do the original switch? To give Randy that... more title wins so we could get up to 16. It's all about accolades, know. pal. Stacking accolades. I did appreciate the scoop that was like, rumors say WWE is headed towards a Bray Wyatt, Randy Orton, Drew McIntyre triple threat. Well. 
Rumours say that, yeah? Okay. I mean, I watch Raw. I was also thinking they'd do that, but whatever, you know. Oh, some you people don't read. watch Raw, Joseph. Some people just don't. And so yeah. if you just put it out there as rumours, it'd be like, oh, man. All right, that's I just, interesting. I think it's like... I don't agree with the assertion that it's like, WCW 2000, bad, bro. It's like, it's the opposite. Like, it's just a nothing. It's just an absolute... Like, you can tune in, you can't. You'll find out what happens within five minutes. It's fine. It's absolutely fine. If you're for some reason on Monday night and you don't cover it for Fightful.com, thinking, what should I do for three hours on Monday nights? Raw is always going to be there, okay? I assume. So it will be there, it won't be, whatever. Have fun. Randy Orton's the champ again. Mizzy's money in the bank again. Alexa Bliss does funny faces. Nikki Cross is upset. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. When are they going to just do the Nikki Cross match, by the way? Never. I don't think... By the way... Bray Wyatt, this man is just a genius. Just an absolute genius. He doesn't even have to appear on the shows anymore. He just has Alexa doing all the work for him. First, he just stopped wrestling. He had to do his funny vignettes and everything. Didn't have to wrestle at all. Now, he has outsourced his work to Alexa Bliss, so he didn't have to show up to the venue. Well, I sincerely <laughs> hope that he's okay, Hellfires, after this, this bit that we've been doing. But yes, I hope he's okay. Because if he's not on Raw next week, I mean... We I know can what join Oscar. No, Oscar. I don't know what, I don't know what it is, but and this is completely unfair, Mr. Bray Wyatt, so please don't get mad at me. Bray Wyatt, the personality, does strike me as a guy that would have a few conspiracy theories for you if you asked <laughs> him about the current situation. So I hope he's well. Um I hope that they do the Alexa Nikki thing at some point within the next year so we can like just move on. Uh, do you want to do... You don't. I know you don't, but I'm going to bring it up. How fun was the Bella Twins-Bucks conversation yesterday on Twitter? We, we can do this because we do have Bucks and FTR to talk about. Oh, um, oh yes, Boston. Go, do yeah. that bit. Do your bit. Go on. No, 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 because that's going to transition into the end of the show with all the NBA talk. So let's do Bellas and Bucks. How did this even start? Like, I don't... I just saw it dominating my timeline. I had no idea what, like, actually happened with this i know the bella twins said oh we got one more run in us and you know we'll see if that ever they've been saying this by the way for like a year like pretty much ever since the the tag team titles became with it do you know do you do you know that's a thing the women's tag team titles don't have you heard about these joseph i retired yeah (laughs) you used to be uh the the brand ambassador what was your official title i don't know it was it was good though and you did a big statement for when i retired (laughs) when i stepped down from the from the, from the uh, panel, so to speak. Yeah, tough times. Yeah, so they've been saying this for like a year, but every time they say it, it's just got to gotta write about it. Um, and then all of a sudden, I think like one person just tweeted like Bella's greater than, greater like 300 greater than symbols, Young Bucks. And then, of course, wrestling Twitter just has to be like, bro, what are you talking about? Huh? This take is this take is just garbage. And then it became this big thing. It's like, what what are we doing here? Here's the thing that made it interesting. That was not the reaction I saw. Like, people did the thing where it was like, what are you talking about? But there was a point where everyone was just in agreement that the Young Bucks are worse than the Bellatons. And I was like, I didn't know what was going on. And I'm like, here's the thing, okay? If we're actually being as serious as you can be about such a ridiculous topic. Like, there is a criteria we could draw up where the Bella Twins are better, right? Like, if you just talk purely... If you're going to go with wrestling in the way of, like, who made more money... I assume they've made a lot more money. I don't know. They've got like eight reality shows, I would hope. And they have, they've been influential. So like, 
sure, man. Like, <laughs> you want to die on that hill? Like, it just, it was amazing to me seeing the conversation break out on Twitter. It was like, it was such a nothing, and it turned into a heated battle to the end. So, I'm going to make a Netflix documentary, a 10-parter on this. I'm going to interview all parties about it. We got to start doing this on Twitter. I mean, I try sometimes, but we just got to throw out like these wild takes and then just blow up with them. What can we come up with that you know the the okay. people the people on Twitter can be like, oh my god, you're you're ridiculous, but you can like make an argument for it. Go ahead. Okay. Original deathmatch dealer, <laughs> Luther, greater than the Nature Boy Ric Flair. That's not an argument though. That's just that's fact. Oh, true, yeah. Well, we need to compare him to someone like... Uh, what about Absolute Ricky Starks? Who's better, Jeremy? The original Deathmatch dealer, Lufa, or Absolute Ricky Starks? Yeah, this is an easy one. What What has Ricky Starks ever done? Has he main-evented Dynamite? I think he has, actually. Um... <laughs> yeah, he did. He yeah. died in that match. Yes, yeah, he, he did. did. Yeah. Him and Lufa had very different main-event experiences, <laughs> but the end result was still similar. <laughs> Um, what, has Ricky Starks gone to Japan and gotten blown up? I don't think so. What has Ricky Starks actually done? Oh, gotten blown up, literally, you mean? I was, yeah. I thought you'd make it a commentary on that. I was going to say, that's a bit tough. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, we need to figure this out. This is what the people need to help us on. We need these, we're not as good at this, this gimmickry that people do on Twitter, right? Like, I never would have thought... Oh, the Bellatons are coming back. Let's bury the young bucks. I'm not clever enough. I'm not smart enough for that. I just make like vowed wrestling media tweets that like four people get and enjoy it. That's all I can do at this point. I don't know. We got to take back the takes for the boys. I think that's what we got to end up doing here. Okay, is that what we got to do? Yeah, I agree. I mean, that would be that would be something. I I am very intrigued by the uh, the ongoing dialogue that is certainly sure to calm down soon. Dynamite's been on now for over a year. I'm sure eventually if it will calm down and everyone will just say, you know, those great tweets, just like what you like, guys. Insert love heart emoji. It's fine. And then the next day it's like, this sucks, that sucks. Eddie Kicks is a cosplayer. We're going to do that? You're going to do that bit again? No, absolutely no. not. Never again. That knocked my internet connection away. That was terrible. It did. It really did. Okay, I don't know. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. No, just do your um, the, this goddamn Lakers selling deal. You want <laughs> the greatest rivalry in all of sports, the Young Bucks and FTR. That's what the thumbnail on this uh, episode says, right? Yes. Go where you want to go with this, and I'll try to adjust <laughs> accordingly. Uh, so the the Young Bucks wore Lakers gear. 
the FTR wore Celtics gear. It was very obvious what they were doing at full gear. I had people in my mentions, Joseph, Mr. Wrestling NBA crossover, saying it's a reach, it's a stretch, it's presumptuous to think this is a thing. And then it was a thing. What I want to know is why the hell did they do it? What sense did any of this make? The Lakers, or not the Lakers, the Young Bucks are Clippers fans, all right? They're Clippers. They're sellouts is what the Young Bucks are. Here's one thing you will never say about the Bella Twins. They didn't sell out. They did it all on their own, Joseph. They didn't, you know, they, they, got, they built up their own brands. They didn't say, mm. oh, we like beer. We're going to go into wine. We don't actually like wine, but we're going to go into wine. We're a beer fan. The Young Bucks, they're Clippers fans wearing Lakers colors. Could you imagine, Joseph, would you be caught dead in Raptors colors? Huh? No, no, absolutely not. No, I understand. I just, the problem with this bit, Jeremy, is <laughs> we've already explored it off air in pretty good detail, but I'm willing to do it if you'd like to. Um, from what I can gather, the idea was that at the famed height of such rivalry, the Lakers represented Showtime and Flash and Hollywood Whereas the Boston Celtics were basketball fundamentals. You know, they were gritty, they were tough. That was the perception. I'm not saying it was the reality, that was the perception. And that is the description of both tag teams, I believe, Jeremy. And that was awful presumptuous of you to see the colours they were wearing and obviously make a link to the clear the clear parallel they were drawing. <laughs> but I really don't think there's more to that. It does not surprise me that a Clippers did, fan did the, would care so little, though. Did the Celtics... Did the Celtics steal everybody's moves? Did they did they steal everybody's playstyle like the FTR and the Young Bucks did? Did the Lakers steal the playstyle? Who the Lakers model their playstyle after as the Showtime Lakers? Well, you're being very mean now, and you're, you're trying uh, you're trying to make trying to add some life to this bit. Okay, it's it's a dead bit. I mean, it's <laughs> the truth of it is is you made an, an obvious point that somehow was disagreed with. But then you were proven correct, and you are not happy with the validation that you were given, right. the, the vindication. Yes. You've decided that it will be the leading bit for this podcast, <laughs> even though we have nothing to say about it whatsoever. Not a single thing do I have to say about it. I'm taking like... back bits for the boys, all right? I'm just here okay. to pop myself. That's all I'm doing. Okay. As long as you gimmick it, I'm fine with that. But I just... <laughs> it's always gimmick. I don't know. I don't know what you want me to say. I mean, it's like... It is dumb, yes, they were Lakers gear as Clippers fans, but like, what's the Clippers equivalent of such a rivalry? What were they possibly going to wear? Clippers and... I was going to say Warriors. Like That's a... I don't think the the uh, FTR, the Warriors, though. They also like, intended to win. Like The Clippers, God bless them, they're not known for winning very much. Well, the Young Bucks should pick a better basketball team to root for, says the Thunder fan. <laughs> yeah, here we are. But no, I don't know. It, I thought it was a fun little nod. I mean, it's dumb in the sense that it's obviously cooperative before the bell even rings. Like, it's not a coincidence, so it's dumb immediately. But, like, I've told wrestling's not even real, so should I be bothered about that, Jeremy? I thought I it was know. a fun nod. I just think the Young Bucks are sellouts. That's it. That's my entire point. They're, That's the whole bit. Yeah. It's, I'll do what you want me to do, okay? Here's what okay? Jeremy, you were 100% correct, and you were ahead of the curve on this. <laughs> you saw what no one else saw in knowing that this was a Lakers-Celtics bit, and you should be incredibly proud of yourself, not only for that, but for then extending the bit with your ongoing joke about their Clipper fandom. Be proud, be happy, be content, be gleeful at your work. You deserve more credit than you get. 
happy? That good? Thank you. You're like the second sweetest person ever to me. I appreciate that. Yes. Well, I, <laughs> I now would like someone to do a super chat and give me a similar compliment. That's what I would like, to be honest. But, you know, whatever. All right, everybody. Send, send him a super chat and, and give a very nice compliment to Joseph. All right? Can we do that for Joseph? Why has no one asked me yet for my address so they can send their Christmas gifts my way? I was told this show... I was told Fightful Podcast Christmas gifts. That's what I was told. That's, I'm waiting, guys. Who, no wait, who told you we were getting Christmas gifts? The boys. The boys told me. That was what I was getting this for. Oh. I, mean, I wasn't getting it for exposure or content's sake. <laughs> Christmas gifts. I didn't tell like, you this. No, you didn't. Someone should have, though. I mean, someone should warn me it wouldn't happen. It seems it seems increasingly like no one's sending me a Christmas gift during a pandemic said that across, <laughs> across the world. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I don't know. Send it overseas to you. Do we have any more wrestling to talk about? Can we finally talk about some basketball, the real important stuff in the world today? Is there any wrestling you would like to talk about? Do you want to talk about Honor? Honor is real? Want to talk about that? I haven't watched that. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. There, there's an Impact uh, special this week on Impact Plus that I, I definitely have and you don't. What do you mean a special? They, they, they're doing Turning Point. It's not like a big pay-per-view. It's one of, it's like an Impact Plus special. Oh. Is that are the, the Gallows and the Anderson finally going to wrestle the North on that show? Yes. Okay. I may watch it. Probably. Do you care who that. shot Johnny Bravo? No, okay. I never cared about Johnny Bravo. I mean, God bless him, but I don't. That's I a good. Don't know uh, that was a good cartoon. I did like the cartoon. Oh, yeah, but the, <laughs> the Impact Wrestling Manager. I just Impact's weird, man. I really tried to be on that team for a while, but boy, it's tough. It's just difficult, right? Yeah, there's no. You, you were on out. Impact, and you went Victor Oladipo, like right in front of Scott Demore's face. You're like, hey, yeah. and you were talking to uh, Tony TK. I was like, TK. I can get some shots up with you, right? And DMR is just standing there like, you're on our team. What What is happening yeah. here? That story is wild. Right? <laughs> I guess we should just do basketball. Because I haven't got anything. I don't know if the chat has anything. But the chat may have no say about this, and I don't, because I have no clue. But I'm I'm willing to go to basketball. I'm going to replace you with somebody in the chat. By, since... by go to basketball, I actually mean allow you to discuss Russell Westbrook while I see it and grimace. That's what I actually mean. So go ahead. Russell Westbrook wants to be traded out of Houston one year, I mean over a year, but one year after being traded to Houston because he wanted to play with his BFF, James Harden, and then after a year of playing with his BFF, James Harden, he got tired of watching his BFF, James Harden, stand around and dribble the basketball for 23 seconds before jacking up a step-back three. I can't believe that Russell Westbrook, who just likes to attack and likes to have the ball in his hands and likes to, you know, move and do things with the ball. Just got tired of this man dribbling for 23 seconds before jacking up a step back three. Russell Westbrook is going to the Philadelphia 76ers, Joseph. And I cannot wait until he is on your team. I'm going to root for him. I'm always rooting for Russ. That's my guy. He's so going to be a Charlotte Hornet, and we both know it. And I'm actually... he's got... No, let me tell you something. Okay, I have no issue with the Russell Westbrook. He has got nerve being like, "Yeah, I'd like to get out of Houston." Huh? I'm sure. The, I'm sure they'd like to get rid of you too, Russ. I don't know what the deal is. Like, look, I never want to be the guy that's like, he's a loser and stuff. But there were moments during this past off uh, postseason where Russell Westbrook appeared to be like the gym in the middle of a breakdown. In that it was terrifying. The one we talked about here, where he was playing you guys. And at the end of the game, he just like pulled up for a mid-range, shot an air ball, and just like put his head in his hands. It was yeah. like, okay. Here's my question for you. We were talking about this via text. 
tell me the team he goes to that's already good that he would be like, okay, now they're going to win the championship. You could confidently say that about Because I have not got one. Could he go to the Clippers and put them completely over the top? So I think the, the rumor that's out there is like Montrez on a side and trade, Beverly, and then somebody else for, for Westbrook. I, so then you got the three of Westbrook, Kawhi, and George. I have no idea who else is on that team, but you have those three. The thing is, is like the, one of the Clippers' big issues is they're a franchise that has no like winning culture, and their leader is a guy who, while he has won, he's not like a verbal leader, right? Like, is Russell Westbrook the answer to such? I such actually a think like Westbrook is an answer in that locker room because, all right. Westbrook, we know his flaws, hasn't won, all this stuff. He's been in the finals, all right? You can't take that away from him. The things he did in Oklahoma City, like, those teams were way better, especially his MVP year. Like, that team was way better than it had any right to be. Nobody talks about Westbrook as, like, a bad teammate. Like, everyone who's played with him says, like, I love playing for this guy. He's very passionate. He is a leader, and he does, like, make things better. It's just on the court he's he's Russell Westbrook but like in the locker room and stuff everyone seems to really like him and I think if he stepped up because I don't I don't know if you read the athletic article but apparently there was like uh a big scene in January where uh the the Rockets lost and Westbrook was in the locker room like trying to hold everybody accountable including himself like Westbrook all his falls the guy's gonna be accountable for himself uh can't just on the court he's Russell Westbrook but he was trying to hold everybody accountable and a lot of players were receptive to it outside of James Harden, who was probably just like, whatever, just let me take my step back threes and shut the fuck up. Sure. <laughs> but, like, you're the LA, you're, you're Matt Jackson, okay? Big LA Clippers fan. And you are it's about the to go thing out you've for, ever a, said to me. for a rare, in fact, the first ever conference finals for them, right? That would be, if they got to conference, it would be their first ever, I believe. Right? I don't think they got that far. Yeah. I believe so. And you look at your lineup and you see Paul George and Russ, and you're like, "Yeah, we need to rely on those guys to deliver in this spot." <laughs> you like you know how that feels. I mean, you you experience the evidence that makes me very concerned about such a thing. I just the thing with Russ is it's like there's a team you can build where he's super fun, but that team has such an obvious ceiling, right? So then it becomes okay, can he fit into like a top heavy team, which is what the Clippers would be. I just don't know. It's probably the best one of all the options, right? Would we say? Westbrook in Milwaukee. Hey, man. This, this, <laughs> that, that fit with Giannis is filth. We can't do that. We can't Why? Do Why not? Because the whole deal with them is they leech, their whole offense is stand around and wait for Giannis to get greeted by four <laughs> men. He'll kick it out. And then Westbrook would say, oh, cool. Now let me drive into those four men too. It would just be, it would not be good. I don't feel. It would be similar to Houston in that if Westbrook can get into to the free throw line and attack, like Westbrook was very good in Houston until the bubble when he had injuries and he had COVID and everything. He he just kind of fell apart. But like from January until really December until things shut down, like Westbrook was better than Harden in Houston. Even Houston fans said this. I agree. Yeah. But the pro- the problem is then is then what is the, he was unlocked by the fact that they did the whole, like, you know, we have no center deal, right? Yeah. And it but, was like, but Milwaukee can do that, though, because Brooke Lopez can stretch out. They like, have Giannis. Like, he's basically their center, effectively. Yeah. 
But if Giannis is willing to do, like, pick and roll, I'm talking myself into Westbrook. You're in the gym and you try to convince yourself this is a fake. It's incredible. I want Westbrook to win a title so bad, and I'll be much more happier if it's not in Houston. Because I was rooting for him. I didn't want it to happen in Houston because fuck that team. Um, But I I want Westbrook to win a title so bad. Here's my my pitch. First off, Jobber JJ says, Joe's a bigger star than he thinks. Joe thinks he's the biggest star in the friggin' world. So Speaking of such... Flat TV, like, what is the deal? <laughs> You're flirting with me on Twitter. You follow me. Everyone says you follow everyone. I want codes. You let me do one of those competitions where I say, follow this account, follow that account, retweet this, retweet that. I'll give you a code. Can you please? Everyone watching this tweet, Flat TV, is all I want. I want none of all this, you know, Joe, you deserve better. Oh, you're the best writer in the history of the world, Joe. Good. I don't need any of it. Just give me Flat TV codes, please. I don't even have to share them. Just give them to me. Good Lord. Why don't, with me why don't we have fight tv codes by the Every, way we haven't got blue tick that's it every blue ticker it's like any event any event in the world comes when it's like next week here it is follow me follow this follow <laughs> this dipshit follow that dipshit i don't care let me be a dipshit i'll be a dipshit let me do a code for the eddie kingston event next week that's good for my brand okay that fits my brand yeah, I. you should be the Please. only person giving out codes for the Eddie Kingston <laughs> bit. Like, nobody else should be allowed to give out those codes. I agree, and I don't think... You know, they send those tweets out, or those little cute tweets, like, you know, who is your favorite wrestler? And yesterday, they was like, who is your inspiration for wrestling? And I said the honest answer, Jeremy. I said, fight TV, code competition. <laughs> that is my inspiration for wrestling. That's all I want. That's my dream. And they just keep... They're like, yeah, we'll like this tweet, we'll follow more dms come on let's go <laughs> the the full super chat is joe thinks joe is a bigger star than he thinks bigger star than sean you have great uh takes on wrestling and eddie kingston is the goat and future aew champion that's not like super complimentary towards joe you're just more complimentary towards eddie kingston <laughs> that really encapsulates my brand in many ways doesn't it <laughs> yeah that was not a great you should have told me that before i did the whole bit about promoting his own event you should have told me because i wouldn't have done that okay Thank you very much. Anyway, I appreciate it. Here, here's my trade offer. Russell Westbrook for Steven Adams and Andre Robertson. Who says no? Okay. I actually want this to happen now. This is, this is what you deserve. You deserve to just have more fun with Russ. And you can grim wide. Yeah. And we'll, we'll have fun. We're, we're, rolling, we're rolling out a lineup of Westbrook, Paul. He's staying. We're just going to keep him. Why would we trade Shay him? at the four. Right? Yeah, Shea at the four, Schroeder at the... I guess Russ would play the small forward. Chris Paul at, at shooting guard. Dennis Schroeder at point guard. Shea at the four. And then Baisley or Dort at center. Because I think Gallo's probably gone. So we go we go Baisley or Dort at center. Okay. That would be tremendous. Yes, you should do this. Well, I was amazed. And so some of my friends... Like I saw Andrew Thompson. Andrew, if you're listening to this, I'm very angry with you. You do not want Russell Westbrook to be a cap. Please don't do this. Don't do it. You don't need this. It sounds fun. Yeah, just win 40 games and have some fun. Don't do it. Just please commit to what you need to do, which is tank, get a lot of picks, and try to get good again. Russell and Westbrook and Andre Andre Drummond? He's still on the Cavs, right? He's on the Cavs, I think. Uh, well, there's talk they don't want to give him the deal he wants, which is why? incredible. Anytime like, you can pay Andre Drummond a max deal, I feel like you got to do it. We all knew that, and they traded for him. Yeah. It's like, I guess I don't know if they give up a lot, though, so maybe. It's I don't think they gave up, like, receiving. anything for him. Westbrook love Drummond, big free, baby. Big I free. mean, I'd be fine with Westbrook in uh, in Cleveland. 
I'd be in Ohio soon, so I'll catch a bunch of games. It's not that, like... I understand the reason for it, right? Like, there's something to be said for trying to be competitive and having, a good, like, a fun team. Yes, I'll take it. It's just, it's just short-sighted, though, isn't it? Like, you need to just commit to being bad, I feel. It's it, such a clear ceiling for a Westbrook team. Like, you know that. You've lived it. You don't need to convince yourself <laughs> otherwise, dude. <laughs> I don't know. I saw, like, Magic fans, like, yeah, here we go. I did see... Yeah. Bitch. I'll, I'll throw John Alba under the bus. John Alba was, like... Yeah, Westbrook in Orlando. That would be That's great. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Tarp John Alba. Uh, yeah, Westbrook in Orlando would be great. Like, he'd make them better. They're an eighth seed going nowhere. He'd get them to a sixth seed going nowhere. He wouldn't even get them to... Because the six in the east... Okay, I'm going to try to do this. This is very hard for me. Bucks. Milwaukee. Celtics. Yep. Raptors. Nets are now in there, right? Like you just probably, yeah. Guess. Sixers. What we at five? How about that? We have five right now. I, yeah. I get so who else is there? I guess it's not the Pacers. The, Pacers. the Heat. Of, yeah. Miami. Oh, Miami. The Heat. Yeah. Made the finals. Yes. All right. So We're that's seven teams. All right. So <laughs> it gets into the seventh seed, going nowhere. Gets them one seed higher. Okay, you're right. I'm oh, sorry, I was totally wrong. That's a much better move than I realised. Yeah. Seventh seed. God, they're unlocked, baby. This guy. They need to just get. They need to just get rid. They need to start fresh. But someone will do it, and it will be fun, I guess. Whatever. I want him to go to the Spurs. That's that's where I want him to go. That one is fun, just because you want it to be like a science project with Pop and him, yes. right? I guess. Yeah, I've wanted this for years. Like. When there, there were rumors that Westbrook was going to get traded after uh, the Durant stuff and everything, like I wanted him on the Spurs just because what does Greg Popovich do with Russell Westbrook? Not a lot, I'd imagine. I imagine it's pretty <laughs> bad, but I agree with you, it's fun. The thing is, the West is just like, it's ridiculous, right, at this point. you got to believe it's getting... I mean, I know that they don't want to, like... They seemingly want to retool rather than rebuild, but I don't know. The other thing with Westbrook is, how many years has he got left on his deal? Two. Two more. Okay, three. That's not three. Oh, three. Oh, yeah, three years. <laughs> if it was one year, it's like, okay, have some fun with Westbrook. Three years. Yeah, He's I'm making like 44 million in the end. Yeah, like, it's ridiculous. I'm pretty sure it's a three-year deal. Because Chris Paul had one year less than Westbrook. And Chris Paul has one guaranteed and then a player option, which he's going to pick up. So Yeah, he's set. Like, I'm taking it. Right? Yeah. So... It's tough, man. I don't think anyone should be doing it, but someone's like gonna do it. So, would you trade to bias for Westbrook just straight up? No, I wouldn't. I honestly would not. I Horford for Westbrook straight up. But imagine that team. Like I know it was bad this time, right? But imagine Westbrook, Simmons, and Embiid all like on the same time. (laughs) Gives the man the shakes. I don't know if I can. Like at least Al has that funny three point shot he has, you know. Westbrook's got a funny know. three point shot too. Yeah, but he doesn't want to shoot. Orford <laughs> did this deal in Philly, and Sixers fans will agree that this wasn't funny at the time, but we can laugh about it now. He did this deal where like Brett had told him he has to quicken his three point shot, and he began to just chuck for it. Like he would literally <laughs> the ball wouldn't even be in his hands and it would be leaving him. It was incredible. So I don't know, maybe something like that. I'm, I just. I never want to be the guy that's like, oh, Westbrook actually sucks. But at this point, he's very difficult to fit in, is all I'm saying. Yeah, okay? he, he is. I love Russell Westbrook. He is. I would love to see him on, like, the Knicks or the Hornets to just wear, or even the, the Cavaliers. Like, let him go to a bad team to where he can just put up triple doubles and have a lot of excitement. 
and stuff. It would be terrible for him. Like, I'd actually feel bad for him to be in that situation, but that's probably the best situation for him right now. I do think it'd, it'd be much more fun as an NBA scope. He'd get so lost in those, though. It's like, oh, look what Westbrook did on this Hornets team that's going nowhere. It's way more fun if he's on, like, the Clippers. And it's like, let's all dunk on the Clippers because here's Paul George going three for 14 from three and Westbrook with some crucial turnovers and Kawhi just looks like he doesn't know what's going on. It's, yeah, it would be... For, for Definitely for content's sake, that's the one. It seems more likely to me that it would be the Hornets or something like that, but... Look, man. If he's if his worst case scenario is he makes forty four million dollars while <laughs> like having a bad team, sure. Like, see, it could be worse, you know. What do you think of the uh, Chris Paul rumor that's out there with Phoenix? It's interesting in the sense that, like, sometimes we do get, and I just did it then, but we do get lost sometimes in the idea of like, unless you're a top contender, you shouldn't try to compete. I definitely understand the idea of the Suns being like, okay. We had a little bit of momentum at the end of the season. Let's get a winning player, a guy who can kind of hide Booker's deficiencies without like dominating our team. But at the same time, it's like, what are you giving up? From the rumor that I read was not like a, it was a pretty good deal for both teams. I felt, you know, I so loved the, I, the trade package. Yeah, so as long as it's not something ridiculous for the, for the Suns, I think it's a fine deal. Like the thing is, Rubio did make them better. Right, from what I can gather, like having an actual point guard did help them, and obviously Chris Paul was that times ten. So, sure, man, it's not like the blockbuster move people wanted. I feel for Chris Paul, but it's fun. It'll be cool. It's the exact type of move that, as a Thunder fan, I would want for Chris Paul. Like, I don't know what, I don't know what kind of blockbuster is really right. out there, given money and everything, because OKC doesn't really, like, really want a star back in return because they're not trying to compete and uh, there's no real star out there like straight up like they want picks and they want young players you get rubio who's a nice little point guard he fits in there uh you know he can keep coaching uh shea and everything and then but he's not going to dominate the offense as much as like chris paul did not that chris paul like really dominated the offense but rubio is obviously lesser than chris paul so shea can kind of get more touches and reps as the point guard you get uh kelly Oubre, who i think is good a nice little three and d guy who can uh do a little bit more than that at times uh and he's a young guy as well you jump up from the 25th pick to the 10th pick you know you might be able to package that 10th pick to jump into the top five they talked about that so i really like that sun's deal the thing with okc is if there's a rumor out there 99 percent of that time they never go that way yeah I did think that, actually, yeah. I think the truth of it is, is a lot of people, the blockbuster deals people are thinking of aren't actually blockbuster deals for you guys. It's these sort of... They want him to go somewhere where they can do the big Photoshop deal, right? Where it's like, look at this team next year. Chris Paul and everyone. And that always has seemed unlikely. Like, people love talking about the Lakers thing, and it was always just like... The Lakers don't have anything to offer. But with the money, it's not... Like, even if you really like Kyle Kuzma, which I know you don't, like... Even with the money, it's tough, right? Because they're going to end up... They'll give up, like, Green, Kuzma. They'll have to trade and sign KCP. Yeah, like, it's it's literally it's everyone like outside of... It's literally everyone right. outside of Davis and LeBron. Again, like, this, as a Thunder fan, just doesn't appeal. <laughs> I'd rather have Oyubre than Kyle Kuzma. And I'd rather have the 10th pick in this draft than a Lakers pick. I don't even know when the Lakers can trade their exactly. next pick. So, yeah, yeah I... I love the Suns deal. I hope it happens. I would be rooting for Chris Paul because 
it's pretty clear that uh, OKC is going to be not good this year. Like it's not about this year. So I need like a playoff team to kind of attach to to have investment by that point. And if he goes to Phoenix, I, I already like Devin Booker. I, I would root for the Suns to you know it'll be a succeed and out in the first and second round. But that's what I'm used to. So I, I would root for the Suns. I agree. I always thought it was most likely that he went to like. I never actually fought with the Suns, but the Bulls always seem kind of likely to me. You know, they want like a, an actual point guard, and then you got the Knicks. Is always they're linked to every player ever. So I always thought it'd be more likely he'd do he'd go to a team that wants to be competitive and have some sort of winning culture. But it is a little bit of a shame in the sense that if he makes that move, while it'd be a fun team, it's like it's not the kind of you know oh he's finally going to get his ring deal that people hoped it'd be, right? But you know, at this point. Is what it is, right? I mean, you can only go to so many teams with that. Like, there's Milwaukee. But if if you're the Thunder, and if he's comfortable, they said they're going to try to make him comfortable wherever he goes. If he's comfortable going to Phoenix and they have the best offer, you got to do that deal. So, we shall see. The draft is, the draft is when? The 18th? So, before our next show. It's like next Wednesday. Is that up against Mm -hmm. uh, Dynamite and... NXT? I'll be watching the draft. I don't care about wrestling. I believe so. No. Yes, it will be. Sean, I need that night off. I'm watching the draft. Here's a question for you, Jeremy. All Crossover, right. ready? For anyone that's still with us. Wednesday night wrestling. Draft board. Who's the top guy on your list? Top guy or girl on your list? Hmm. Moxley. Do Moxley. Yeah, I, I was I was gonna try and get cute with it, but I think he is Moxley, right? He's like the biggest star that also is still, you know, not referencing anyone in particular that's got a little bit old recently. Uh, Moxley is <laughs> he's that guy right now. So, how are you gonna try to fun. get cute with it? Who is who are you gonna go with? Well, I was gonna go like you know, Rhea Ripley, the future. But realistically, if you can take Moxley, you take Moxley. I feel. Yeah, I I mean Ripley's top five, right? Oh yeah, I think so. I don't know who. I guess NXT's top guy would be Adam Cole, right? Or Finn. Finn is awesome. It's just we forget because... Yeah, Finn... well, right now he's injured. He's not out there. Right. So, yeah. yeah. He's not out there. You're doing, like, full basketball. Not out there. Sitting in the benches. <laughs> <laughs> we need to get O'Neill in here to talk about upsides and athleticism <laughs> and stuff. Finn's older, too, you know? I mean, Moxley, I guess, he's a little bit older. But, but Finn's got the injury history. Moxley just doesn't care. Moxley's more diverse, too. Moxley can throw out there in a regular wrestling match and be fine. You can throw out there and he'll cut people open with barbed wire and stuff. It'll be all right. I think it's Moxley without a doubt, honestly. Like, I think it's pretty consensus. I didn't expect you to get so passionate about this, man. We should have done a whole show like this. We've made, we've made an error here. Well, anytime we can do wrestling basketball crossover, I ran this Bucks and FTR bit like 10 minutes too long just to talk basketball. Yeah, I don't know if I mentioned, but you was correct on that, by the way, Jeremy. Thank they you. Were, that was a, a Lakers Celtics <laughs> thing they were doing there. I know it was very presumptuous of you, but you know you were correct. Just to be clear, everyone, Jeremy was correct on that. To be clear, keep but following yes, me um, for for more accurate AEW, or not AEW, sure AEW and uh, NBA crossover scoops. Imagine how good the show would be if there was like anything interesting happening in this week of wrestling. Full gear. We should never review pay per views. It killed this program. Yeah. Full by the way, if you're wondering. Yeah, if you're wondering like why we didn't really talk about Full Gear, it's because we literally did the post-show podcast on Fightful with uh, our pal Gary Cassidy. So like all of our takes are on that podcast. We don't really have too much to add to that. So go back and watch that podcast. We probably should have mentioned that an hour ago. But, you know, nah. who cares? We were too busy talking about the reverse Battle Royale. <laughs> 
people are saying in the chat like uh, Kenny Omega. I mean, yeah, Omega's got. I, I would take Oma I would take Here's Moxley thing, on, uh, over Omega. Here's the thing. I think Kenny Omega's been really good recently, but if I praise him too much, I will then be falling victim to the one thing I never want to do, which is be on the consensus side of things. So <laughs> I'm sorry. But unfortunately, I'm going to have to keep quiet about Kenny until he does something bad. And then I'll quickly ramp up my content. He's up there. I just, as a character, I, I find Moxley would be easier to build around. Right? Omega's high, though, I would assume. Hangman Page would be pretty high for us. I Hangman, say. yeah. We, we both love Hangman. Okay. I mean, I'm trying to think of... NXT's roster's weird, because I actually like a lot of those guys, but... Pat McAfee sort of would be my top pick. This is... Okay, I need to go off. <laughs> Why? There's probably people that are watching this that did this, okay? These, this insanity that last night while I was sitting there watching AEW Dynamite, people were like, oh my god, an Eddie Kingston promo at the same time as a Pat McAfee promo. <laughs> what do I do here? What is happening? What are we doing here, folks? I mean, come on. It's all calmed down a little bit. That's all. Pat McAfee ain't showing up as some cosplay guy, alright? He knows who he is. Okay? He's got his little jean shorts on, his little For the Brand t-shirt and everything. He ain't trying to pay tribute to nobody. Imagine being such a play wrestler that you actually buy gear for your wrestling career. Imagine. <laughs> should be a real play wrestler and wear street clothes. He's a street guy. Do you know what? I actually couldn't believe it, Jeremy. Eddie came out on Dynamite and he had a microphone. I was thinking, as a street guy, why would he even use a microphone? Wouldn't he just, just yell? Shout? Yeah, just yeah. yell. I agree. It's a good point. He's just not thinking about this stuff. Like, why would he buy a ring gear and wear it and use a microphone? Why would he even show up to work? We should start just doing vignettes from his house. He's a street guy. Why do you sit there? Why do you sit there on the commentary table with those should've guys? Stood up. Yeah, stood on the table. Yeah, yeah. Should have threatened to kill them all as well. I feel. Cause I think he did guy. threaten to kill a couple of them. But... <laughs> By the way, this is not a report. Ringside news. Okay. Jim Ross definitely told Tony Khan to tell Eddie to leave him alone. <laughs> I'll bet everything I own. Because he, Eddie came on and Jim Ross was like, you had a great show. And Eddie's exact reaction was, thank you, Mr. Ross. And then he went straight for Shivani. There is no way that happened. He said something. Jim, we're on to you. Okay? I know what happened there. I hope someone does report that. Distraction host... Joe Holbert says Jim Ross went to Tony Khan and said, please tell Eddie Kingston to leave me alone when he's on commentary this week. I could get one of those quote tweets from Jim where he does the cowboy hat. Yeah. Maybe, so. <laughs> get one of those. It's probably true. I'm sure I'll be informed that it's true in about an hour's time. So don't report it. Whatever you do, do not report it. Uh, anything else on this show? We tore our format up. You know, that's what we do here. Our format. Yeah, our format. Our format. It's in, in tatters after all the all the great formats we usually utilize. Next week's a big week because it's the Survivor Series, is it? as oh. Brett the Hitman Hart would say. Are um, we talking about Undertaker have... all next week? No, we're not. Oh, I have okay. to now write about the Undertaker. Yeah, I saw that. Good luck. Tweet me what you find interesting about The Undertaker in 2020. I'd be very interested to know because I am currently tackling together some ideas. Um, who do I write about Survivor Series? So help me on that also. I have no clue what to do on that one. Um, the Survivor Series, that's next week. Anything else? No, I don't think so. We are soon to be recording. I will not give away the date of it for kayfabe reasons, Jeremy. But we are soon to be recording our retro Nitro review. 
which will be a new monthly deal. We don't review Nitro every month, but we'll be doing an old show, and people should definitely vote for Nitro, because I'll put it in every month. Uh, we're going to do that. That'll be on the select deal soon. So, yeah. We, look, there's one thing we can't be accused of, Jeremy. It's leaving the people wanting more. By the time this show ends, everyone's like, I've had enough of these guys. Jesus. They've done their thing. Move on. So, we'll be here doing other stuff and pretending to talk about wrestling. Do you want to know? Do you want to know my favorite thing about the Undertaker in 2020? Assuming that he is above the line and is nothing that is too risque at this point in the podcast, yes, I do. Why would it be too risque? Um, I'm trying to keep the brand on track here. Okay, that's what I'm saying. I like that he does interviews with every single outlet, but he won't return my text messages. That's tough. Do you um, think? Do you think the Undertaker is ignoring me? Because I, I bury his best friend Ricky Starks every week. Yes, I do actually think that's the case. I think. Do we think Taker's tracking the Ricky Starks' progress? Do we think he's like tuning in, talking about Brian Cage and his notes and stuff? I mean, I don't know why he would track Ricky Starks' progress. Like, who really cares? But. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Um, the Undertaker. If you had one question to the Undertaker, what would it be? Again. How- podcast brand in mind how difficult was it to pull off that voice on suburban commando that's really your answer too that's the thing yeah i haven't even got an answer so i can't question i mean at this point my my question would be my question would be did you tape your fist and crack your knuckles before uh what what was the thing before wrestlemania (laughs) against steve austin (laughs) to threaten Shawn michaels that would be so inside. <laughs> he would still pass the question because he would know what you're talking about. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how people do it. Like every month is a new one, and it's like, oh, take a light working with Yokozuna. So. <laughs> I know. I'm aware. But they get excited. Everyone gets like, the fiend on the dead man. They throw their arm up. They look behind them. They do the pose with the tongue and all that stuff. Randy Orton cries on documentaries about it. <laughs> Everyone has a great time, and now I have to write a feature. I have to seek new ideas, fresh concepts. You are Incredible. so... You are so... <laughs> Just, like, the dread and the fear and the... I don't even know. So just... Like, having to do this feature because, you know, Undertaker, farewell Undertaker. You're going to have to do this feature again next year. You know that, right? That's the deal. It's like it's just so hard not to be cynical about the whole thing, right? Like he's had so many farewell. I understand that this is like an actual. He's never had a farewell like this, right? Where the show is literally built around him not being there again, and he's not resting. <laughs> he's gonna I be there. He's gonna do his cool entrance in the Thunderdome. Maybe you know the 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 pixelated fans will go crazy. Matthew McConaughey, who's not actually Matthew McConaughey, will be there cheering with his two sons and oh, everything. What? <laughs> what did you say? It's they had the, they had a picture of Matthew McConaughey in the Thunderdome, and like no one knew that it was him. You could not tell this was Matthew. I, oh, I'm right. convinced it was not actually Matthew McConaughey. They just put the the cryon up there because no one could tell you otherwise. That's what they should do on the Thunderdome, by the way, is be like, Leonardo DiCaprio here in the Thunderdome. And the, the image is so poor that no one would be like, it's not Leo. They'd just be like, yeah, sure, why wouldn't it be Leo? He's just hanging out with his new model girlfriend watching the Thunderdome. I thought you was, like, uncovering a big story there. I really believe there was something to that. Okay. Um, the Undertaker. 
You know what I like about the Undertaker, Jeremy? This is a really new point. He was always able to reinvent himself for the time. <laughs> Did you notice that? Did you notice that? Have interest. Because I, I only like I remember watching um, the 400th episode of his documentary series, and Bruce Pritchard was like, you know, the thing about Mark is he could always reinvent himself, and I sort of I was in my chair and I fell forward in shock because I'd never realised across his 30 year career that the Undertaker reinvented himself and by reinvent of course Bruce means that he once shaved himself into a mohawk <laughs> it came out on a motorcycle no he did I don't even have here's the deal I'm not even like a guy who's like Taker actually sucked like I think Taker was good I just don't know what's left to say I honestly don't I mean everyone just is like you know locker room leader reinvent motorcycle <laughs> Shawn Michaels storytelling good night you know like and it's just I don't know what's left at this point I don't even like the Shawn Michaels matches particularly do you are you a big fan of those matches you strike me like you could really enjoy those the I'm Wrestlemania sure. matches oh yeah mm-hmm. oh yeah I enjoy oh, the yeah. They, they feel yeah. like you're yeah I could see you kind of <laughs> kind of grinning at those as a young man but I just I mean they're cool but he's the Undertaker, right? He does the he does the thing where he's the Undertaker. He comes out. That's the wants, best description of the Undertaker does. I've ever heard. Sometimes that be, like, go ahead. That should Am be the column. Talking? I don't know what yeah. your title is, but the the whole the whole feature is just he's the Undertaker. He does things that the Undertaker would do. He's like sometimes he's like Vince. I would like to come out to Johnny Cash. And Vince is like sure. And he does it once, and then Vince is like, "Can we go back to the Don now, please?" <laughs> And then he's like, I would like to come out to Metallica. And Vince is like, sure. Can we go back to the dong now? And the only time he got away without the dong was when he did a match in a boneyard. Boneyard being the key term, because it's definitely not a graveyard. And then the Metallica played and he did the thing. And he looked and then everyone went, that was the best farewell for the Undertaker ever. You know? And then he was like, I'm now going to do my actual farewell. at the Survivor Series. In front, say, of, yes. in front that's of yes, that's going to be the best. Yes, that's going to be the best farewell ever in front of the Skype screens, <laughs> you know. And he's going to come out. He's going to do the thing where he gets on his knee and he does the tongue. And then he's what music is he going to come out to? Is he going to be the Johnny Cash? No, it's got to no it's got to be the Dong. Got to be the Dong. What about Limp Biscuit? That would be. I want Dead Man Undertaker coming out to Roland from Rock. Limp Biscuit. I think that'd be fantastic. Kid Rock too. Yeah. And then he's gonna get, he's gonna be on his bike and he's gonna drive up to the top of the ramp and he's gonna go like this, he's gonna turn around he's gonna go, <laughs> and they'll go big fireworks and everyone will go, What a send off for the Undertaker. And then he'll be and back then, at WrestleMania thirty seven. And then the fiend Bray Wyatt will come out of his hammer, hit him <laughs> over the head, and we'll have a match set for WrestleMania. And we will do the mixed tag that I advertised last week of Michelle McCall and Mark Calloway, because he's no longer the Undertaker. As they take on um the fiend Bray Wyatt and he's killer clown friend Alexa Bliss. That'll be the WrestleMania main event next year in front of many Skype screens. And then at the end of it, what they'll do is, is Taker will walk up the ramp with Michelle McCall and they'll both look behind, they'll go, boom, like, and the fireworks will go, and everyone will go, what a send-off for The Undertaker and Michelle McCall. Repeat, rinse, repeat, same deal. But good luck to him. I'm going to write a feature of him. This whole thing started because Sean messaged you and said, can you do an Undertaker feature? And you just went on like a 10-minute sarcastic bit of The Undertaker. Again, I don't even dislike The Undertaker. I just like when he does the thing where he goes, where he goes like this. And, he, and everyone does this. They screenshot and they go, what send-off for The Undertaker? 
He left these gloves in the ring. He could never come back. We and should do it. We should do it right room. now, Joseph. Let's turn around. I, then... I have literally no room. I, 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 do, I can do this, but I can't spin the whole way. I'll literally, I'll destroy myself. I think I very bad. The, the headphones. I'll take the headphones off, okay? Okay. Should I announce it? Should I, should okay, I do so the what are we doing? Twitter? So it's just... You can get down like that. All right, here we go. Turn around. Fireworks, explosions. Get your screenshots in now. Jeremy. Wait, Jeremy. Was that good? Saw that, that was, was very okay? good. People will screenshot it <laughs> and they will tweet, what a send-off, Jeremy Lamb. <laughs> the GOAT. Bruce Pritchard will unlock his Twitter account and be like, there he is, folks. The symbol of right and wrong in our industry, the Undertaker. Getting one last send-off with his arm up in the hair, fireworks going off. I mean, the only question is like, when he does the look behind, like, will he put his tongue out with it? Because sometimes he does the tongue and it's really, you know, vivid imagery. But other times he just sort of glances. In fact, he may actually put the... He may turn around after the arm already has gone up. I'm not sure. I have to rewatch some tape this week when I do my feature about The Undertaker. Anyway, you've gone for about 20 minutes on that. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I, 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 have no I have no problem. I have no problem with this. I'm happy to do it. It will be fun. But I feel this has been a podcast bit worth doing, so here we are. I'm sorry. Your your reflections on The Undertaker lasted longer than his career. Sure, that's impossible. That's, that's not happening. But I just like it. I do like it when he walks up the road and he puts it off and he turns around. So I'm sorry. That's what I like. Okay. I also like when he does it when he lifts his arms up and the lights all go and he does the eyes thing, you know? I like that one too. He has loads of good ones. I like the tongue. I do like the tongue. The kneel, the tombstone thing. I like when a guy stands over him in the corner and punches him and then he, he last rides him. You know? I like that one. And then at the end of it, of course, he walks up the ramp and he does the... And he pulls his straps down. The straps go down as well. The straps go down. The arm goes up. What a set. Chilling, says Michael Cole. That's chilling. The phenom. Jim Ross is talking about his years as a power forward in college. <laughs> Incredible times. <laughs> Baron Corbin tweets that that's his inspiration right there. <laughs> Alexa Bliss tweets hashtag locker room leader. <laughs> Nia Jack tweets hashtag this business. That's it. That's all she tweets. Doesn't need any more. It says it all. What a send off for the Undertaker. Amazing. You good? You good? Okay. <laughs> Everyone. I'm done. I'm done. Okay. I don't even know. Look, we'll be back on Tuesday. I don't know. We're reviewing uh, pro wrestlers versus zombies. Everyone follow Joseph on Twitter. Uh, who's a zombie? <laughs> no, no, no. And he walks up the ramp. He <laughs> swings his arm in the air and he gets a big send off. I'm gonna tweet the Undertaker. I I, the, I I need an open invite to Matt Hardy and Kurt Angle to come on the show to talk about pro wrestlers versus zombies. And I'll also tag the Undertaker. If, I just assume he's in the film as one of the zombies. Do you think we could get the zombie for this film? Pro wrestlers versus zombies. Why is she think the zombie will be? A, he'll be at the tribute at this. Sunday. <laughs> he'll be there live next Sunday. He'll be there live to see the Undertaker when he walks up the ramp and swings his arm in the air, and everyone says, "What a farewell for the Undertaker." I think the zombie will actually be there for that. I hope so. Uh, 
uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Jeremy Lambert eighty eight. I've I don't know what we're doing anymore. I don't know everybody. Uh, yeah, go to fightful.com, sign up to Fightful Select, all that fun stuff. We'll talk to y'all later. <laughs> Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.